0: Hey Doc, and welcome to This Is My Dram, a whisky and music podcast in which we review a whisky and play some songs to go with it. In this episode we look at how to do with Yorkshire and the chuffing brilliant spirit of Yorkshire distillery. Thanks to an introduction from friend of the podcast Ben Bowers, aka A Drama Day, we speak to the director of whisky from the distillery, Joe Clark.
1: You know every, every drop of spirit we make and that crosses anyone's lips, we could rewind that spirit, I could literally take you and stand you in the fields on top of the Yorkshire walls where it was
0: also we preview what their single malt might taste like by trying a dram of their maturing malts project a spirit on its way to being whiskey but just not quite aged enough yet for
1: a lot of people like well what is it? is it whiskey is it this is it that and the reality is you know it's basically yeah it's whiskey before it's whiskey
0: and we play a load of songs from and about yorkshire to go with the theme it's
2: about as uh pretty as you can make a song about some uh about a South Yorkshire dogging site signed I would say
0: um. <laughs> remember to follow us on Twitter and Instagram at This Is My Dram, and go to our thisismydram.com webpage for all our podcasts, playlists and blogs we start today's podcast coming out of the intro uh, with a song from Kid Acne called South Yorks just to get us into the Yorkshire mood cool, let's crack on with the pod this is my drum this is my drum
3: I like whiskey, I like it. land of the the peaks and grey outdoors It not rain For sure So couples go
0: on Sunday walks There we go, South Yorks, the South, South 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 Yorks, can't even say it How are you doing Andy?
2: Yeah, not bad, that's, uh, that's good stuff there Although I'm sort of disappointed he didn't take the opportunity to call himself the Yorkshire rapper
0: that's probably... Um, <laughs> um, That's amazing. Yeah, yeah. Probably, probably a bit politically, uh, politically dodgy. Oh yeah, it. no, I mean, it's gross.
2: You know, hideously offensive. But uh, <laughs> you know, isn't that what raps all about? <laughs>
0: well, and, uh, yeah. I thought we just int- we just uh, fade that in on the intro, just so because uh, I don't think it's one that we'd necessarily include on a playlist. But it just made me giggle while I was uh, researching <laughs> our, our players today, because we are doing a playlist about Yorkshire. So today is all about Yorkshire, a hey, up duck, and all that stuff
2: I'll, I'll let the i was gonna say i'll let the uh the county speak for itself but god knows it does so like <laughs> um you know
0: yeah well it's, it's a county famous for uh certainly you know some very famous bands coming out of it uh and now uh, a famous distillery the spirit of yorkshire is uh, a brand well not brand new or al- almost three years old distillery um, in Yorkshire, and we're we're tasting one of their maturing malt, uh, not quite whiskey, drams, not quite, not quite. It's the first first whiskey,
2: first recorded whiskey distillery in in Yorkshire, I think. So yeah, um, Is that, I, I can
0: I, hear your I can hear the dog in the background again. That's that's my uh, co-host. Um, <laughs> next door. Am, am, so. <laughs> am I being replaced? Am I being replaced? Exactly. For, yeah, for, yeah. for regular listeners, you'll know that we're that every time we record a podcast, Andy's next door neighbor's dog. Uh, barks incessantly throughout. It'll (laughs) stop in a minute. (laughs) Um, So yeah, so we're doing Spirit Yorkshire today. We've also got a great interview with uh, Joe from the distillery, Joe Clark. So we'll have that a little bit later. Um, But yeah, I just thought we'd kick off by just... uh, well, it's been a bit of a while since our last podcast, hasn't it? So we should probably catch up with what, uh, what's what been happening in the meantime. Um, my recording studio has been uh, out of action, hence the the big break, because uh, of lots of uh, building work going on in my house. Um, how have you been in the meantime?
2: Yeah, I've been busy. Um, been,
0: uh, Drinking um, lots of whiskey?
2: Yeah, I mean, you know, got a rather exciting opportunity to uh, take on a new government role where i was uh, negotiating brexit with the eu um so obviously uh, you can see how well that's gone um <laughs> going brilliantly well the usual think, excitement
0: uh, in that time especially around march every year has been we usually go to newcastle whiskey festival we do yeah, yeah now yeah. you've uh, now you've you've um, emigrated to to brighter greener lands um it means that i don't know about brighter it's <laughs> duller greener, <duller> greener lands <laughs> yeah. um we we no longer have that opportunity to go and actually I was away for that weekend as well so uh, between us we didn't manage to get to the Newcastle Whiskey Fest for at all which is the first time in a few years isn't it um, which is a bit of a shame but we did get lots of nice updates from our followers that did go there's uh, Scott Monroe at Kilted Moose was there we had uh, Anthony Murray uh, at Cifa XIII um, was there as well uh, and I think Gav as well. Oh, very good. Yeah, Gav Forster. Gav Forster. Yeah, Gav Forster was, uh, was. I think he went to his first Newcastle Whiskey Festival, so he was there. Um, and of course, Derek Custer um, at Derek Custer on Twitter, our former guest on the podcast, was there too. Name-keeper. Well, I was
2: I was disappointed to miss the opportunity to uh, undertake our annual habit of um, wandering around, going. I'm sure we're going to get recognised this year. <laughs> um, they're going to know who we are um, yeah
0: there was, there's always the odd few that when we go this is my jam they were like oh yeah 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 yeah, yeah. in a kind yeah, of dis- yeah. disappointed voice <laughs> yeah 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 it's kind of that look in the eye of
2: you know you've wasted an hour of my life i'm never going to get back
0: so yeah so it was uh it was a shame to miss that but it, by all accounts it was a, it was a cracking cracking day McMira came out particularly well i think from the the chat that people were were saying on twitter from it so that's 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 good because we're we're big fans of mac Mirror, aren't we um, we're big fans yeah also in the t- in that time between the last podcast we've ended up with 2000 followers on twitter um I d- we didn't we didn't plan a party but uh, you know we should have had fireworks we should have had uh, some sort of celebration 2,000, pre- that's
2: that's pretty good so what are we had 2006 or
0: something or...? Yeah, up to about two thousand eight. Now I you know it's just like okay. There, you, there was a day, there, there was a time about a year ago where the, I would have I, I, I cared a lot about how many followers I, we we had, and mm, uh, mm. and I care a lot less now. <laughs> but it was still well. Like, I mean, really it nice has to, to be said that. that it's,
2: you know seven or eight hundred of uh, of those accounts are ones that you set up yourself, and <laughs> yeah. and, and and until your IP address reaches Gmail limit.
0: And then, um, uh, and the others were uh, were all are all those sex, sexy porn bots that uh, promise you you a great time if you click on a link that uh, then steals all of your data. So yeah. Well, so. I,
2: I like to think that they're actual listeners. Um, yeah, y- you yeah. Know. they're
0: tuning in. Like, like the, the the obese sixty year old man
2: that's behind that account is actually a fan of the podcast. He just <laughs> happens to follow us through his um, you know sexy porn bot uh, account that he runs. <laughs> to you know to to scam people out of their money
0: well uh, i suppose we we should just say a massive thank you to everyone that does follow us including all of the sexy porn bots uh, on Twitter because uh, we do totally appreciate it. And, I'll make uh, sure you include them. Yeah, oh, definitely. Yeah, just. We just, don't want to
2: offend those bots
0: Yeah, <laughs> and we don't want to we don't want to diminish our appreciation of our followers for our r- actual real followers in any way. Uh, but uh, but yeah, so so thanks very much everyone for list uh, for listening. Well, yeah, for listening firstly and also for following us on Twitter because um, it's absolutely great. And also we did a teeling uh, tweet tasting and you did a blog about it as well.
2: Yeah no that was good fun I, I enjoyed I hadn't had the uh, the small batch before so I was uh, I was pleased to get um, to get that and it's uh, you know it's it's very it's I don't know if I've had a rum cask whiskey before so that was a. That was a new experience, and it was it
0: was very tasty. Yeah, I think the the famous rum cask whiskey, well not well the probably the most popular one that I've he- uh, heard and seen around is the Balvenie 14 year Caribbean cask one, which which goes yeah. down really well. Um, mm. But but yeah, other than that, I think I, I, they're quite rare these days. Uh, the rum mm, casks, mm. Um, and yeah, it was it was a I, I tried the the single malt that we've tried on the podcast before, right back in the first series, and I also tried the um what was the other one I tried oh that the single the grain single, single, single grain, grain as well yeah, yeah. Yeah. yeah and uh that was that was nice I hadn't tried that one before and that was that was uh, they,
2: they are good although I don't know if I said on the blog or just in in the text messages we were sending each other trying to coordinate our uh our tweak testing I think when you compare it to the um the, their core range to the, the revival series which we've been lucky enough to try. I think was it the thirteen or yeah,
0: fourteen year? thirteen year. Um, and
2: yeah. you know, the, I think, I think there's a lot better to come from from tailing once they get um, a bit more age behind their behind their casks.
0: But I mean, even the current range is is really impressive, isn't it? So you know, I yeah, it's, 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 great, it's exciting yeah, times yeah, yeah. Um, to have such a good distillery. Uh, up and coming in, in Ireland That's enough chat Now let's listen to some music That's enough chat Now let's listen to some music Ooh. That's enough chat Yeah, now let's listen to some music Yeah, that's enough yeah. chat yeah. Chat, yeah. Music and yeah, so uh, I thought we could start off with your first song from Yorkshire either Yorkshire bands or about Yorkshire or both um, for this playlist So, so what are you going to start us off with and why? <laughs> I made it sound like a fucking blind date question or something. I know, yeah, and yeah. What, what are you with and why? why? What, what band would you choose, and why?
2: Yeah, I'm not taking you on a date again. After, <laughs> and that question that to time. number two. <laughs> <laughs> um, so yeah, when when we decided we were going to do Yorkshire, a, a number of uh, number of bands sprung to mind, and I was able to instantly discount a few of those, um, but. Um, uh one of the ones that i thought of in that they're a band that are yorkshire based that play a style of music that's not traditionally uh associated with yorkshire at all um but have kind of taken it out to different places and become very successful that way which i think is probably what the distillery hopes to do is do something that you know yorkshire's not well known for and, and take that out to uh, to a wider audience so um
0: nice segue the, ba- like the band
2: are from uh, the band are from leeds they're called uh, new master songs traditionally uh, most of their stuff is instrumental funk music it's very like the meters and they they have a great tour film they made called uh, calls to newcastle which is about them being asked to come over and play in the first jazz fest after Hurricane Katrina in New Orleans. Uh, wow! They've got a lot of fans in New Orleans because the style of music they play is, is very popular there and, and yeah. they do it very well. Um, but they were one of the bands that, when lots of the other local musicians were kind of scattered around different places and had been displaced from the hurricane, they were on tour and ready to ready to go, as it were. Um, so they came into New Orleans and the, the tour film is fantastic, just kind of seeing how uh, a relatively... Successful yet not household name, jobbing, jobbing band. Go, you know, touring around America, trying to, trying to bring something out there. How they get on with that? So it's fascinating stuff. Right. The, the song I've gone for is uh, called uh, "Freckles," and it's it's a good example of their instrumental style of music. It's from the "Breaks from the Border" album in twenty eleven. So we'll have a listen to that.
0: Cool. There it is. Fantastic stuff. Yeah, that's a that's a great tune. I love the uh, love the driving drums throughout it. Those kind of driving fusion drums, which uh, kind of allow that kind of bed for everything else to to kind of go a little bit more experimental on on top of it. It's a great track. Yeah, they're so thank you. Good, good party band yeah well and you've introduced me to them there because i've not i've not heard of them before uh so that's uh, that's really cool um so thanks for that and uh hopefully our listeners at home are enjoying it as much as we are here um but in the meantime we uh should learn a little bit more about the spirit of yorkshire distillery should we dive in with a science bit
2: you'd like to think so wouldn't you <laughs> <laughs> um your,
0: your famous, your world famous science bits. Are we ready to go? So
2: I'm always I'm always very, very nervous when uh we've got, got an interview from someone from the uh from the distillery because you tend to like to put my science bit in before the interview. Um <laughs> so and, the interview
0: can almost be a fact check.
2: <laughs> yeah, and and you know, I'll say stuff like, you know, obviously they've uh you know the, the distillery opened in two thousand and eight or something first line of the interview be the guy, you know when we opened in two thousand and eleven, I'll just be sitting there going Fuck! <laughs>
0: um
2: so i'm I'm running that risk again this time,
0: well, with that edge of danger in everyone's minds, with that knowledge of uh of how much we're living on the edge here, <clears throat> should we have the science bit
2: yeah, it otherwise- always. Yorkshire is Yorkshire's first single malt distillery. Their production process takes in two large Forsyth pot stills and a four plate copper column still. Production began in May 2016 and they have filled over a thousand bourbon and ex sherry casks to date. flight
3: crew are the very best. This is Captain Boycott speaking. During the flight we'll be flying at whatever I tell like for as long as I bloody like because I'm Captain.
2: Right? <laughs> English Single Malt Whiskey was once a burgeoning industry with distilleries from London to Liverpool, but it took the turn of the millennium to bring English Single Malt back into being with St Austell Brewery in Cornwall trying its hand at maturing a single
4: malt. Ladies and gentlemen, we invite you to
0: have a go! Have a go.
2: Spirit of Yorkshire is also paired with a local brewery, Wold Top Brewery, located a mile or so inland from its Hunman Bee distillery site in North Yorkshire. Andrew Nelstrup, the founder of English Whiskey Company, has credited the resurgence of the industry, amongst other things, with a change in HMRC rules on the minimum size of distillery allowed in the UK. As such, English Whiskey production has tended to be focused on small batch quality and innovation. One teaspoonful of this, it will strip the paint of the Blackpool Tower. Well, that's terrific, that is. 2019 hopes to be a memorable year for Spirit of Yorkshire. After releasing a series of four maturing malt spirits, they are set to release their first single malt bottling later this year.
0: Fantastic. Thank you for that. Very interesting stuff. And uh, we'll see whether Joe Clark's interview corroborates all of that. that it, it, it won't. <laughs> <laughs> you
2: know, spoiler, spoiler listeners, uh It'll turn out most of what I said is bullshit.
0: <coughs> <laughs> it sounded pretty good to me anyway. Um, but yeah, so we've got a friend of ours who's previously been on the podcast who lives really near by the distillery, don't we? mm mm-hmm. So uh, Rebecca Jones, who was previously featured on our, um, what was it, our Writer's uh, Tears Redhead episodes back in 2005. Yes, yeah, 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 um, Musical Redhead. Musical Redhead herself. And yeah, yeah she yeah. Was, uh, she was a great guest. She gave us some really poetic notes on the, uh redhead and put us to shame um <laughs> and then we played one of her beautiful tracks so she lives really near the distillery and we do need to get round to one day visiting here and, and heading to the distillery at the same time don't we
2: absolutely yeah so i mean the the bottle i've got which we're going to be uh, uh going to be tasting shortly is the um uh second of their maturing malt series and that was actually picked up by my father-in-law who lives not too far away from Humbanbee as well.
0: I did tell uh, Joe when I was interviewing him the other day, Joe Clark from the distillery, uh, I I told him that we had number 3, so uh, <laughs> I didn't help well, him that you much know, there but let's uh,
2: let's let's spread
0: the incompetence
2: between us, you know. Um,
0: <laughs> but he's uh but at least at least he the um they they all have a similar kind of idea behind them these maturing malt. Uh, um, projects that they've done so, yeah, so that's yeah. great uh, and it's actually not a whiskey is it you know w- what we're trying here is just under three years old so um so it doesn't quite count as a whiskey bit different to uh to to kind of the other stuff we've done on the podcast other than the odd irish whiskey bourbon and things yeah. like that. we've this yeah is first, we, oh no hold on
2: we did floki floki a young, Flucky, malt, it? Uh, yeah. young malt they called it so young malt maturing malt yeah it's, it's not whiskey but it's uh, uh everything in the production has been done the same way they would with a single malt, except for the fact that it's um, it's not been in the in the barrels long enough to to you know legally cut the muster as a as a single malt, but it should should give a good indication of where they're going with the what they want their kind of signature style to be and things like that.
0: Great. Well, um, how about I play my first song for the podcast today, and then we get chatting to uh, Joe and have that interview, so we find out a bit more before we do the, the tasting itself. Um, I want to put on the podcast a song that I found by researching um, s- songs about Yorkshire for this podcast uh, and kind of fell in love with this one a little bit. It's um, a Richard Hawley track and uh, a song called Cole's Corner. Uh, Richard Hawley is a well-known kind of crooner. He's, he's, you know, been around for, for so long. He's doing some, some rockier stuff at the moment. I've just heard a uh, few tracks from his new album recently as well. Um, but this one's a little bit older and it's um, uh, based on a street corner in Sheffield where the old Cole Brothers uh, department store used to be. Uh, okay. And apparently yeah. is famous as a place for a meeting place for lovers. Uh, so Richard Hawley decided to sing a little bit of a song about it. Uh, and he kind of croons away and, and sings this, this very beautiful melody relating to, uh, to what is ultimately just a corner of a, a street in Sheffield. So uh, I thought it was quite nice to do. A song from Yorkshire about Yorkshire, um with with this Cole's corner. So here it is, let's have a listen.
4: traffic of life is flowing out over the a smile and a flower of life is flowing out over the rivers and on into dark hold back Shadows all by the dawn. I'm going downtown where there's music. I'm going where voices fill the air. Maybe there's someone waiting for me with a smile and. A I e
0: Okay, there we go, Richard Hawley with Cole's Corner.
2: Excellent, lovely stuff. That, that's about as uh, pretty as you can make a song about some uh, about a South Yorkshire dogging site. Sound, I would say. Um, <laughs> so yeah, good work.
0: Yeah, yeah, beautiful stuff. Really love that. Um, and as I say, I'm pretty chuffed that I um, stumbled across that during researching this mm. podcast because it's actually. Uh, going to be on my a lot of my playlists going forward absolutely love that one um, so yeah no so, need to show off
2: you've done some research okay we <laughs>
0: <laughs> so uh, so anyway I think this is a good time to have our interview with Joe Clark he very kindly agreed to do the interview um, and I interviewed him over uh, Skype a few days ago yeah, this was before I'd actually tried the whiskey so I, uh, well sorry the maturing malt I should say so I hadn't actually had a, had a chance to try it up to that point um, but he told, told me all about it and what I could expect as well as a little bit more about the distillery so here's our interview with Joe yeah this is my mm-hmm. time for an interview with Joe Yorkshire distillery is making its mark They'll have a single month this year With a bit of luck So let's meet Joe and say Hey up, duck. Should we be using so many stereotype Yorkshire phrases? Why not? This seems a bit cliche Yeah, I suppose it's know. I agree I don't want to shit on your brigade But you know Yeah, no, it embarrasses enough. I Just worry I won't do it again, okay?
5: Yeah <laughs>
0: Okay, so we're joined by uh, Joe Clark from the Spirit of Yorkshire Distillery. Uh, Hi, Joe. Nice to meet you.
1: Hi. Yeah, good to be here.
0: Um, So, yeah, firstly, could you just uh, introduce yourself to our listeners and uh, let them know a little bit about your role at the distillery itself?
1: Sure. So um, my name's Joe Clark. I'm Whiskey Director at Spirit of Yorkshire Distillery. Um, We've been making whiskey since uh, spring 2016, um, I joined the team in November 2016, and yeah, since then, uh, kind of largely uh, responsible for making sure what we make tastes really as good as good as it can. So you know, yeah, it's a pretty it's a pretty important role, no doubt about that.
0: How did you get involved in that role? What was your uh, what was your your kind of into that that particular position? Because it'll be a position that a lot of our listeners are uh, very jealous of, uh, especially for a new distillery.
1: Yeah, definitely. Yeah, I think if you. Yeah, if you wrote down, you know, actually what what I do, yeah, I think people, a lot of people would go, yeah, I want that job. Yeah, uh, yeah, I, I actually I crossed paths with with one of the distillery owners. I was running a, a whiskey school, um, and they were in attendance. Um, so yeah, I used to run whiskey training courses up and down the country, as as well as lots of other kind of whiskey events and whatnot. Um, so it was you know certainly wasn 't a kind of overtly production focused background but kind of ongoing fascination with with that side of whiskey and the science and you know the chemistry and the flavor and and, and all that kind of sensory work and and wood management and whatnot um, so yeah it was a yeah it was a good fit
0: fantastic yeah, and you mentioned there that uh you opened in spring 2016 so anyone who's doing the maths uh, listening to the podcast at the moment is thinking well hold on we've just hit spring 2019 the magic three-year point so how far away are we from seeing a single malt from the spirit of yorkshire distillery
1: so not long <laughs> <laughs> great not long. Uh, yeah, we've got we've got a whiskey to launch this year fantastic uh, so we've you know we've got a lot of work to do um and it's a lot of really exciting stuff um, so yeah we're kind of working through through kind of design and, and, and glass and uh, corks and capsules and labels and boxes and cases and all the stuff and then all the things that fit around that which you'd never think of mm-hmm. uh, take an enormous amount of time effort and, and, and headspace and we're hoping we're hoping that we can get our first whiskey out there in the autumn all being well Brilliant. You know, no um, no disasters, which, they, you know, there's, there shouldn't be.
0: <laughs> yeah, fingers crossed. <laughs>
1: uh, we, we, I mean, we could have gone a bit earlier, um, but, you know, we, you know we're we really conscious, you know, we're the first from the county. Um, you know, we want to make sure that, that, that everything's right. You know, you only get one chance to do it. And, you know, we want to make sure that, yeah, you know, not, not just tasting as good as it possibly can, but making sure that it looks the part as well.
0: Yeah, yeah, yeah. Definitely. And um, can you tell us anything about what you think that first release might be? Is there any uh, any sort of idea on what casks it'll have been matured in or, or anything like that? Or is that still very much up in the air?
1: It's still, it, yeah, it's still work in progress. You know, we're really trying to shape it to our house style, which is on the lighter, kind of cleaner, fruitier side of stuff. Mm-hmm. But yeah, yeah we're, we're, we're predominantly first filled bourbon. You know, that was the, the majority of what was being laid down in 2016, 17 and 18. So over yeah over that time, you know the bulk of our, our maturing stock and three year stock is 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 of that cast type, so Great. yeah, you're looking at the typical flavor profiles from that, but also you know we've got um a, a quite a quite a kind of full body distillate um albeit kind of lighter flavor profile it's got a really really gorgeous mouthfeel, and you know on top of that we have a, a second style of uh, of distillate as well which you know bringing the two together. Um, can create and lift flavors in really interesting ways, so although we you know focusing predominantly on the on the on the single cast type um uh, we are actually still dealing with a lot of different nuances and flavors even within that, so yeah. I suppose the quick answer <laughs> uh, is is it's going to be in line with our house style, which is kind of soft fruity easy
0: going great fantastic, so I was just wondering if you could tell us a little bit about these maturing malts projects and what we can expect um and I believe there's kind of a mix of bourbon cherry and a bit of red wine cask uh in there with these
1: yeah, that's right yeah so the the, the project series are combinations of different cast types um and our two distillate styles uh they were they were one hundred percent, never part of the the spirit of Yorkshire plan. I mean, as you, you'll be aware, you know, most most young distilleries, you know, diff, you know, with all, all different backgrounds and different circumstances in the industry, you know. So you've got distilleries that have decided early on in that first three three year period. Well, you know, we'll we'll will make we'll go for white spirits, or we'll make gin or vodkas, and um, some will steer clear of all of that and just go. We're not going to release anything for ten years, you know, which is great if they can afford to to mm. do that. Yeah. Um, now you know we we were kind of in in the middle uh, we we spent um a lot of time discussing are we going to go down this gin road and you know we we stayed clear of it for a number of reasons which you know I won't go into cuz you know I, I i bear in mind that you know your listeners uh, are here to talk about whiskey uh, <laughs>
0: And you don't want to offend any gin fans either. So. Uh,
1: know, but yeah, I think I think it's fair to say you know the world doesn't need another gin right now.
0: <laughs> I think that's a fair yeah. comment. That's a fair comment.
1: And you know, so we we went down the private cask road in terms of kind of those for that first three years. Um, you know, in terms of kind of weathering that storm, so to speak. You know, the other the other kind of key part of this. this this early stage of the distillery is of course uh uh, visitors and tours and coffee shop and all that kind of thing so when we opened to the public and we we started doing tours we were very brave we you know we put out one year old car samples on the tour as as well as a bit of new make and you know what what we found was happening you'd have you'd have 10 15 people there for a tour and they'd go right through the process with you and you get to tasting at the end and they'd be tasting these one year old car samples and they're like well, these these are really nice this is really good really delicious you know can we buy it and take it home and you know we we were just saying no yeah we <laughs> were yeah. like uh, yeah you can't buy this and you know this, we, this is like, true <laughs> yeah, you know we just we were missing an opportunity and you know so we 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 pushed on and we put spirit in a bottle much earlier than we ever intended really just to satisfy that demand of visitors mm. I suppose they, they they make a lot of sense at the distillery, but the minute you take them out of the out of this setting um they they take a bit of explaining you know, so yeah. I was never really pushing them you know to retailers to bars and that kind of thing because you know you guys you guys are into whiskey, you understand, and it makes yeah. sense it is, but for a lot of people they're like, well, what is it is it whiskey is it this is it that is it you know and and the reality is you know it's basically yeah, it's whiskey before it's whiskey, yeah um a
0: young malt or a yeah as you say a, a kind of maturing malt is a yeah, yeah. it's a good description yeah. of it really isn't it exactly yeah
1: and you know i mean it interesting you know if we were selling this in the states certainly the fourth release and the third release uh you know that that would qualify as whiskey over there yeah <laughs> yeah yeah. yeah. That, that would be single malt whiskey at two years old but yeah so they're they're whiskey before they're whiskey and they've been really really well received uh they were a lot of fun to make they were really, really interesting or really challenging to put together because you're dealing with such young spirit and you're trying to uh, make sure that you, you, you're putting something together that's kind of harmonious and balanced, but also really tasty. And you've got across the four, if you ever get the four back-to-back, you know they're all very different um, and, and kind of deliberately so. So, yeah, they're all a combination of... of a bourbon first fill bourbon reconditioned red wine cask, which are which are known as STRs in the industry largely um and usually a kind of a, a kind of top dressing of a different sherry
0: great yeah um and what do you think is then i suppose you you you've coming into a landscape with whiskey where you know there a lot of lot, there's a lot of distilleries cropping up and there's a lot of distilleries out there already especially obviously north of the border but now south of the border as well We've, uh, we've got a few English uh, distilleries. What do you think sets Spirit of Yorkshire apart? What makes it unique?
1: Uh, I would say, first and foremost, um, we're, we're 100% field to bottle. Mm. Um, so, you know, I mean, you'll know how rare that is in whiskey. Yep. We've really got a 650 acre farm, really, at the back of the distillery. We're kind of a big diversification project. So, um, Tom, one of the founders, yeah, third generation barley farmer. So yeah, so I mean, number one, you know, every every drop of spirit we make and that crosses anyone's lips, we could rewind that spirit. I could literally take you and stand you in the fields on top of the Yorkshire walls where it was grown. <laughs> so you know, for us, that's 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 mega, yeah, um, and a and a really kind of yeah, massive unique uh, point of difference to to the wider, larger scale whiskey industry. Um, on top of that. Um, we've got loads of little quirks and twists in our production, but the main, the main, big difference again from any other setup that you're likely to come across is, um, you know, we have these two different distillate styles. So we have a we have a four plate rectifying column, which which kind of works works in tandem with our spirit still, so we can uh, we can basically divert spirit vapour away from our uh, condenser uh, and divert it into the base of this column. Uh, where it where it gets an enormous amount of uh, extra copper contact and and it obviously creates a, a much a much stronger uh, distillate a much lighter uh, kind of mouthfeel as well, mm. you know that that in the warehouse means options and it means um, more interesting combinations of, of flavour even though, like I said early on you know with predominantly filled first fill bourbon but because of the two spirit styles in there there's still quite a, a wide range of different uh, Flavors to be found.
0: Great, well, that sounds really good. I'm, uh, I'm desperate to, to taste what. Well, uh, well, not only the stuff we're trying on the podcast, but also the stuff you come out with later in the year. It sounds, sounds yeah, great. Awesome. Yeah, it's, gonna,
1: but, yeah, no, it's exciting. It really is.
0: Um, and uh, and I'm uh, right in thinking that people can still do the private cask investment at Spirit, Spirit of Yorkshire, can't they? If they want to uh get involved and invest in some some casks.
1: Yeah, absolutely. We're we're still doing uh, first fill bourbon, and I've just released uh, fifty. Um, of the of the STR wine casks this year for private ownership. So, oh great! Um, so they go yeah. go to
0: your website and there's a
1: there's a there's yeah there's a page there um, and there's just a, there's a quick inquiry form and if uh, if someone just drops their info into that then uh, I'll pick it up and yeah we can have a chat. Uh, so yeah, I mean that that's been you know phenomenal. We we again it's not something that we've really pushed to be honest. It's not something you know we don't bang it out in loads of newsletters. We haven't pushed it out into loads of kind of uh social feeds it's really um really a word of mouth thing that's grown with that for mm. us largely and yeah. an enormous amount of regional and and, and local support with it
0: and, and as you know we're uh we're a whiskey and music podcast so uh we've decided to do um for our spirit of yorkshire theme podcast we're doing a music theme related to yorkshire either songs about yorkshire or yorkshire bands and i believe you've got a, a song choice for us to play on the podcast today.
1: Yeah, I've got uh, Arctic Monkeys and Fake Tales of San Francisco.
0: Ah, there you go. It's a classic. Let's have a listen then. Thank you very much for joining us, Joe. Speak to you soon.
1: Great. It's been a pleasure. Thanks very much. Cheers. Cheers.
3: To hear yeah. you kick me out, kick me out. I don't want to hear yeah. you, I don't want to. So all that's left is the proof that love's not only blind but deaf
0: Okay, there we go. That was uh, that was Joe Clark's Song Choice, The Arctic Monkeys, Fake Tales of San Francisco, which in fact is, uh, again, a, a song from Yorkshire, about Yorkshire, because that was The Arctic Monkeys' uh, song about bands from Rotherham singing like they are uh, from from San Francisco, singing like they're Americans. Okay, so yeah. Yeah,
2: yeah it's, it. it's an interesting one, because when I started playing in, you know, garage bands when I was a, t- a teenager, it was uh, just coming out of the the grunge era into kind of pop punk and everyone was singing in that kind of kurt cobain blink 182 style and then there was this big kind of shift a couple of years later to singing in 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 your own accent yeah um so all the bands went from kind of sounding like uh nirvana to you know sounding a bit like the the dup ranting over some electric guitars um, <laughs> so it was uh you know yeah, well, I interesting. Think, well, interesting nice. times for music.
0: It's nice that uh, Arctic Monkeys kind of made a uh, made a career out of their their very um, obvious Yorkshire accents in their songs. Mm-hmm. You know, the guy sings very much with his with his Yorkshire ar- accent, doesn't he? Um, but yeah, so I think I think it's. it's Great choice by Joe, and the, the good thing about Joe choosing the Arctic Monkeys is it allows us to pick some some slightly less obvious choices because I suppose the Arctic Monkeys are the obvious choice for the uh, the Yorkshire band, so it's great to be able to play them, but we can still play the uh, the kind of unusual stuff that we like to we like to introduce our our listeners to. Um, but yeah, so we should probably try the whiskey uh, and see what it's, we think. Uh, uh, yeah, um, let's dive in. I keep saying whiskey. I don't mean you know the maturing malt as we should call it. Uh, not quite whiskey, but. Um, yeah, we'll we'll see what we get, and, uh, and well, I and think
2: it. I think it's still. I think it still can be called. Can it be called whiskey, but not single malt? Is that right? Or
0: no? No, I it don't needs think to it's, be called. No, I think. Yeah, I don't think it's allowed. It to can be. A, it's a single malt spirit,
2: but it's not a single malt whiskey.
0: Yeah, yeah. Okay, so um, let's dive in on the nose with this uh, maturing malts distillery projects number two um, from Spirit of Yorkshire. Let's see what we get.
2: So I sort of think there's there's you know that real kind of sugary barley. Uh, coming through and so it's, um, it's
0: so sweet isn't it like yeah straight away lots of um a lot of uh, sugary notes a lot of malt loafy uh sweet notes coming in for me
2: I think loafy's definitely there I think there's there's a real sense of you know fresh baked anything you can think of it's yeah. it's very yeah. uh almost like
0: a, a bit like a bakery kind of um you know like the sweet buns in a bakery kind of smell to it. Definitely raisins and malt loaf as well, kind of,
2: yeah. And you get a bit of that kind of sweet shot uh you know pear drops thing you might expect to get in a in a kind of uh, maybe Campbell whiskey
0: or something um on 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 the nose there as well. A little bit of butterscotch in there too. Um and but one thing I would I think you can notice the young nature of it. I think there is a spirity thing that kind of cuts through as well in there absolutely so. yeah and i
2: mean obviously this one's bottled at 46 percent um so you know it's a it's a bit over uh uh the alcohol content you would you would get in maybe a lot of uh a lot of standard whiskey so
0: and this one's matured mainly in uh well it's it's bourbon red wine and and sherry uh combo of the three isn't it yeah and it- yeah and i i don't know what the uh i mean i would i would i'd a
2: guess from from that nose i would say the majority of that's been in been in ex-bourbon but um and actually from uh, the interview
0: as well joe said the majority of their their uh casks and the what they're aiming for is is that kind of very much the bourbon um the bourbon aim um bourbon finish uh on on a lot of what they do so so yeah there's definitely a lot a lot of that coming through and certainly some of the vanilla uh notes you'd expect and maybe a bit of the maybe some citrus but kind of a, a orangey citrus rather than a lemony citrus perhaps coming yeah. through there. Uh, and no. this
2: one itself is is a relatively uh rare spirit as well. They only uh they only bottled 2000 bottles. This one that we're drinking is number 947 and it's all
0: obviously sold out quite a long time ago. So your favorite um, your your lucky number 947 that's that Exactly. Great. Yeah, 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 yeah. No. What so. what are the chances? Uh <laughs> So should we dive in on the um, palette and see what we get there? Let's give it a go. Yeah. Yeah. R- surprisingly, um, you know, for a young, for a young whiskey, there surprisingly flavoursome, not too punchy, not too, um, you know, actually a lot of the sharp edges have been rounded off quite nicely there.
2: Yeah, it's um, not too raw, is it? Like it doesn't kind of. Um, I think it, it it manages to be, you know, spirity and a and a kind of yeah, sort of like a soft edged kind of way. I think when you first
0: um, first put it in your mouth the um there's a very high end sweet high end note that like uh, uh, reminds me of the kind of green like maybe the pear drops you mentioned before like like mm. a maybe apple jolly ranches as well that kind of very green ester um taste that you get in boiled sweets right at the very beginning when it first goes in and then it, and then it immediately then just dives into something that's a bit more kind of rich and um a bit more of the kind of bourbon and cherry cask t- taste coming through Completely agree.
2: Yeah, I think I think you you start off with something that hits you fairly, um, fairly sharply, kind of almost like sherbet or something like that. I think it goes into a really nice kind of fresh apple yeah. note yeah. after that, and then develops into this kind of peppery spice that I I just think is great. It's it's relatively well yeah it sticks to, it holds to the glass a bit it's, it's relatively viscous as well like it's got that kind of mouth coating element to it
0: yeah it's, it's certainly not thin is it um, and actually I think you mentioned actually to me before because this is the first time i've tried this but i know you've had a, a bottle of this
2: i haven't had a bottle of it before we started recording or anything like, <laughs> yes
0: yeah, so if andy is you know. uh, it's hard to understand now you know why uh, <laughs> it's not just his irish accent he's pissed um so yeah but you've said to me before that it reminds you of the classic laddie um and i can definitely see that now yeah actually the you know, the multi, when the multiness comes through, actually, when, when it starts to settle on the tongue, that, that has a classic laddie feel to it for me.
2: Mm. But with that kind of added, um, kind of aspect of interest from, from that wine cask, which I think because it's young and it's obviously not going to have spent a long time in the sherry and the, the wine casks, you have to sort of, you know, you have to concentrate and get your eye in to kind of, um, sense it, but, but there is that there is that added element to it, i think from the from the wine cask,
0: yeah definitely okay great and uh, and what do we think about the finish
2: well i think you know I think with a maturing spirit that's not really it's not really where its strength is gonna lie yeah. um I think you know a bit of that pepperiness lasts, yeah, i mean it's you know i've I've had considerably less impressive finishes from whiskies that you, you know that have age statements of 10 years or more
0: yeah i think um maybe we've got to judge this one a little bit on it's uh what it's what it is and and yes it is a little bit of a shorter finish but it's a pleasant finish it's uh nothing i would say nothing new or new comes through there's no new flavors in there you just get the nice drawn out uh, left you know left with that that maltiness and that pepperiness that you mentioned nothing particularly Um, new or complex but given its age you know you can still still be impressed with that finish can't you
2: well i think there's an impressive complexity on the nose and the palate absolutely so it can it can be forgiven for being a bit one-dimensional in the finish considering it's it's you, you know it's 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 young age
0: and if we talk about potential here with this one you know that has got absolutely bags of potential i would argue that the single malt that they'll be releasing towards the end of 2019 all going well Uh, will be something to look out for because just a little bit of extra time in the casks with this one and you know this would be this would be something really great wouldn't it so even though it's going to be a young single malt they release at the end of the year it's still going to hold up against you know some of the the more established stuff out there it seems to me that they've got the um the blending uh you know done particularly well on this one it seems like they've They've, they've taken their time over it to get it tasting really good um and I, I think, think so yeah. yeah
2: they they're they're using good quality local barley that's you know prepared in the right way for distillation so they can really concentrate on the uh, the maturation and the bottling
0: yeah yeah so uh, particularly impressive stuff for, for such a young whiskey I think um, so well done to the spirit Yorkshire guys uh, I think we've got to keep a lookout for what they come up with in the future because it's going to be pretty amazing I'm going to try and get my name down on the list for one of those that first release towards the end of the mm. year and I suggest our listeners do too
2: you can uh, I'll, I'll I'll. let you do that and uh, you can send me a sample <laughs> cheeky <game>. <laughs> <laughs> this
4: is my drown this is, this is my drown.
2: This is This is drum. This is This is drum. This is This is
0: Okay, so let's have your second uh song for the playlist then, please, Andy. What are you gonna go for?
2: Yeah, well, I always like to use the opportunity to um uh to plug kind of friends of the podcast, musicians that we've met or know, or kind of support personally, and um yeah. this is a uh band of well we've got two from Huddersfield and one from Leeds in this band um and they're they were until relatively recently all Newcastle based they're now spread out a bit um and uh not not kind of actively recording or gigging at the minute but you know um so the band's called uh Shinjin Rui they've uh, a couple of albums that you can you can find on on Spotify which were recorded by Ex Libris Records which for long t- time listeners will remember Andrew with, from the Lefroy uh Triplewood episode way back in series one, series one. two yeah it was our third um, episode <clears throat> yeah. yeah yeah so um, uh, so that's where that kind of uh, uh, personal connection lies and the song I've chosen is one called something that you'll often hear Yorkshire people say uh, <laughs> the song is called London Sinks um, and it's uh it's a nice kind of takedown of that uh metropolitan capital sense that uh, all of us up in the north get a bit uh wind up by from time to time so and it's a really catchy song i think it's i think it's a great great kind of northern anthem
0: so yeah definitely so uh without trying to offend too many of our uh, lovely london listeners here is london stinks
6: Why could it be that they want you even more than I? You're down there on the pier and it stinks, none stinks.
0: Okay, there we go. Yeah, the uh, the wonderful Shin Jin Rui with London Stinks. Our friend uh, Adam there uh, in, is the the lead singer. Is that right? Yeah, Adam? lead so, singer and yes. you know the,
2: writes the songs and stuff. So
0: yeah, and uh, and yeah, he's a he's a great guy. So uh, we, we still, still single sing.
2: ladies, just saying.
5: <laughs>
0: Snap, um, him, so up. It, Snap <laughs> him up! Snap him up! So, uh, so yeah, so and, and I do like the, the, you know, there is that thing of I think a lot of northern people uh, can have a bit of acrimony towards towards London, but um, me me more most recently because I went down to London and uh, went into a particularly posh bar in Mayfair where you had to knock on the door to get in. Um, it was one of those stupid ones where you had to knock on the door. It's like a. Right. You, you uh, have no, to know no, it's no. there and you have to knock on the door and someone lets you in. And I went in and, and opened the menu in there and they had both Hibiki 17 and Yamazaki 18 on the menu. Wow. Right, uh, okay. Hibiki 17 being £85 for a 25 ml dram. And y- Yamazaki 18 being a hundred pounds for a 25 mil dram. And I quickly was like, oh, so they're taking the piss. Okay. Yeah, that's fair. yeah, yeah, fine, yeah. fine, fine, fine. Yeah, uh, you should
2: set up uh, set up a Newcastle version. Of that. I, I don't think you'd sell many, uh, sell many drams at that price. But uh, yeah, no, I couldn't, I couldn't even cope with it. Just, just the, the idea you're going to knock on the door to get, I'd just be like, no, nah, I'm getting a kebab and four, <laughs> four Polish cans and I'm going home.
0: <laughs> oh dear, yeah. <laughs> okay, so let's do the Dramme League table for this spirit of Yorkshire distillery drum. Because it's a Dramme League table, ranking all
3: the whiskies so you can tell which is the best. Whoa, whoa, whoa. Because it's a Dramme League table, we'll do as many whiskies as we're able. Because it's the best. Whoa, whoa, whoa.
0: Whoa, 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 whoa. okay so um my first question to you for the drama league table is uh sh- do you think it's right we your league table this dram given that it's not yet a whiskey uh i, I suppose we could say that we did your league table the floki which what wasn't also mm-hmm. wasn't a whiskey yeah, so yeah, that yeah. makes me think yes we should um but maybe we yeah, should yeah well, I, I think potential. i think there's a couple
2: of there's a couple of ways we could approach it we could score it in contrast to the many whiskies on the on the dramier league or we can mm. score it based on its potential which I'm more minded to do i think it'll be uh, clear to anybody referring to the table that you know it it is a maturing malt so so i'm i'm inclined to 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 try and um, be fair and score it for what it is rather than score it against you, you know I don't see the point in scoring it
0: against a 30-year-old McAllen or something. Cool. Okay, well, let's uh, let's score it for, for what it is then. And uh, let's start on the nose. And, and what what do you think? I'd give this one a good solid seven on the nose. I think it's uh, got some good strong
2: notes coming through. A nice intriguing blend of kind of promise in terms of what, what you might find when you get to drinking it. So I, I think it's, you know, I'd give it a seven.
0: I'm. actually going to go. I'm going to push that a bit further. I'm going to go eight. I think mm-hmm. um, I would happily sit and nose this uh, for a long time, sitting in front of the fire. It's it's got so much sweetness in it, and the the bakery, the kind of bakery element to it that comes through really really fascinates me. I think it's great. So I'm going to go. I'm going to go eight. I'm going go, going all out here. What about their palate?
2: I mean, I I would I would suggest that my score is perhaps artificially inflated because you know of a bourbon finish predominantly bourbon finished whiskey has combined elements of fresh apple and black pepper i'm absolutely sold I, I just think those flavors are the predominant flavors in in the spirit and i just think they go so well together um so i'll give it an eight on the palate
0: great yeah i'm gonna go slightly down to a seven i think the the palate um for me i think the nose really captures my imagination the palette is absolutely great there's loads of different flavors going on um so yeah for me the the nose the nose just just is my taste a little bit more in terms of the things sure. i look for um so i'm going to go down to a seven but i it's still still fantastic stuff isn't it so yeah, seven for mm-hmm. that and finally the finish
2: i mean i think you know we're in agreement it's a it's a fairly short you know Finish with with one or two dimensions to it, so um, so I'll give it a six. But you know, again in the context, anything over over five is is good quality in our books.
0: Yeah, absolutely. Um, I'm going to go slightly down to a five. I think um, just to be completely. Fair to all the other whiskies we've tried as well. Um, We usually look for a couple of things on the finish. One is any new flavours that are revealing themselves on the finish that we hadn't got before. And the other is, uh, you know, whether whether you get that nice, warming, long-lasting feel to it. I don't think it quite achieves either of those. It's certainly nice. It's certainly pleasant um and so i think we we usually say five is bang on average don't we we say that is that is a, 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 um you know a good it's good like the quality
2: line i guess five and up means we're we're happy enough there's no yeah. no real complaints there um but yeah you, you know i mean you, you know finish and complexity are things that come from years in the cask. so it would be unfair to expect it but yeah i think we've got a we've got to score it fairly as well
0: i think um by the time the single malt comes out at the end of the year each of those scores could be bumped up by one if, if the extra years in the cask have given it that little of extra something. So, you know, we're talking about something really special for a young whiskey that, that we could be having later in the year. So it's a really impressive stuff. So promising. And you can see yeah. why a lot of people have been talking about this distillery, because a lot of people in the know, a lot of people in the industry have been trying these, these kind of early releases and saying, this is one to look out for. Spirit Yorkshire is definitely one to look out for. Do you remember, we were lucky enough, I won't mention the name of who, but we were lucky enough to try a, a, a dram of the six-month-old Spirit um, yes. yeah, yeah. yeah, a while ago, a long time ago, on, on, the, on the night we first met, good old Ben Bowers. He wasn't the person that gave us it, by the way. I felt, no, I felt no, no, like no. I'm implicating him there, but it wasn't him. Um, but yeah, we did try some, and I remember going, I can't believe that's only six months old. There's so much flavor to it, and I yeah, can see yeah. why that's, that's coming through now. So, Oh
3: this is my drum this is my this is my my oh this is my oh, this is my oh, this is my, oh,
5: this is my, this
0: is my fantastic right well um let's finish off then with my final track and then a few tracks for the playlist after that um so i'm going to finish off with a pulp song um i think we couldn't go through an entire yorkshire uh, playlist without mentioning the fantastic Britpop band that is Pulp um you know one of the the better Britpop bands out there and they've released some fantastic albums over the years um and Jarvis Cocker being a particularly um brilliant character as well he's actually uh, just uh, um signed up to play Blue Dot that I'm going to in the summer as well so that's pretty cool awesome. looking forward to seeing him there um but yeah so I thought instead of playing the the songs that everyone knows by Pulp because everyone You know is is aware of the big songs everyone loves common people everyone loves uh, the different class album and things like that I thought that um, I would go for a bit of a a a kind of an odd b-side well it's not even a b-side it was do you remember back in the day like in the noughties when when bands did best of albums they were kind of contractually obliged to do at least one new song on it as well you know, they would have that, like, kind of the the hits and then they would have a one new song on it that they yeah, had to record. Yeah. No, so they I think I've got... gave a kind of Easter egg for people that were buying the kind of Best Of album. The, Absolutely, the fans yeah, got yeah, something yeah. new. Um, this was their song that they had on their kind of uh, early noughties Best oh, right, Of okay. album. Uh, yeah, it's called The Last Day of the Miners Strike. And um, it was really interesting because I, I was reading about some of the more Yorkshire-focused songs that Pulp have done over the years and this one is um exactly that it is uh, written about the miners strike in uh, in Sheffield and um basically i think Jarvis Cocker ended up regretting doing something so political that he didn't know that much about but it ends up with this quite melancholy uh, interesting song all about kind of uh, that that era and and very evocative of the the region around the time of uh, the minor strikes and so on so it's so a really interesting stuff so a little bit different from pulp i know i know what our listeners tune into they tune in for obscure pulp b-sides so uh so why not let's let's have it uh, a little last well day that's the, the only i mean strike. that's the only
2: reason i'm here so <laughs> um.
0: uh yeah so here it is uh, a beautiful song actually goes quite nicely with the richard hawley song i played earlier as well a bit of a crooning swaying uh song with a bit of bit of punch at the end so here it is
7: Kids are spitting on the town hall steps and frightening old ladies I dreamt an was living back in the mid-1980s People marching, people shouting, people wearing pastel leather The future's ours for the taking now If we just stick together I said, hey, lay your bed and die. Seems the last day of the minus life Was a magnet counter in this part of town Oh, my body sank below the ground It became as black as night Overhead the sound of horses hoots People fighting for their lives so- God.
0: Okay, there we go. Pulp with Last Day of the Miner's Strike. A bit different from them. Other um, stuff, yeah. yeah. But shows off their fantastic songwriting, doesn't it? So uh, so yeah, there was actually a great quote from Jarvis Cocker that said he had a dream where he was listening to a John Lennon song and he woke up and realised it wasn't a John Lennon song. So he wrote it down and tried to remember the tune and that's what, <laughs> that's what turned into that song eventually. So uh, um, great. So, well, let's finish off with just a few more songs that we're going to add to the playlist. So just to explain to our listeners... Uh, perhaps any new listeners out there that uh we don't um, we don't play more than kind of four or five songs on the play- on the podcast, but we do create a playlist full of yorkshire related songs that we uh have found and love for you guys to listen to at your leisure in your own time so just to talk you through the extra songs that we 're going to put on that playlist now um okay, you go first Andy what are the other the other songs you're going to put on uh first
2: one i 'm going to put on is um a song that I very nearly would have played on the podcast, but for the fact it is some uh well it 's goth pop and it 's a guy singing the name of a woman called Marion over and over again for six and a half minutes um, <laughs> so I, I, I thought maybe we'd spare the listeners that, but it 's uh, Sisters of Mercy, who are a leads Leeds band, and I, I think the guy's got a great voice, and um, so, so I thought I'd, I'd, I'd put that on there.
4: Why
2: The other one is 65 Days of Static, who... Um, podcast favourite. Yeah, we have we have had on the podcast probably a couple of times now, haven't we? Yeah, um,
0: absolutely love 65 Days of Static. I, th- I was thinking the other day, they're the band, they're one of those bands that I every time I listen to them, I go, I forgot how much I fucking love 65 Days of Static. Their drummer ah, yeah, is yeah, so they're, good.
2: They're, they're, yeah, the drumming especially is something that really stands out, but they just work so well with dynamics. Mm. Um, a, lo- a lot of that kind of instrumental um shoegaze stuff is quite binary in a way it's either on or off and it's you know it's generally on and it's you know it makes <laughs> your it makes your ears fucking bleed whereas 65 days of static are really good at playing with uh playing with dynamics and uh and that kind of stuff so um well, i
0: got a i got a game a new game recently off the back of listening to a six music documentary about computer game music okay and there was a, a game that's called no man's sky which creates oh, yes, I've heard um of that, yeah. yeah it creates randomly generated uh planets that you can land on and every single planet has got an infinite diff- amount of combinations of how it can look and feel and all that kind of stuff so they managed to create this algorithm that creates a unique planet every single time you land on it and they wanted to create a soundtrack a music soundtrack that did the same thing where they could take loops of music or or samples of music and uh, have them tweaked in a way that it, um, that they could play them in an infinite number of combinations so the music could be an infinite soundtrack as well and they got 65 days of static in to do the soundtrack and they just told them to record an album as normal and right. then, uh, and then well, they put were the going to afterwards. stems uh, right, okay. from it and just turn it into this kind of weird infinite loop. That, that could be played over the game at any point and be faded in and out at any point and they created a fantastic album I was, I was listening to it the other day going this, it's absolutely fucking brilliant so yeah great. Okay. Um, yeah, but yeah what song have you gone for by them?
2: Uh, I've gone for Radio Protector which I think oh, is a good what a song is, is a great example of that uh, that use of dynamics and, and amazing drumming in the outro final song i've gone for is um again i would not inflict this on the on the listeners in in its uh, entirety but it's um
0: you're really selling them going to the uh, to the full playlist here exactly yeah
2: yeah <laughs> Uh, so this is Derek Bailey, who's a jazz guitarist from the School of Improvised Music, I guess you would say. And uh, he's, he's a big favourite of the comedian Stuart Lee. And uh, the track I've gone for is Improvised Music Number 2. I think what's really interesting about Derek Bailey's stuff is how much it, it does genuinely sound like a band packing away at the end of the gig. Um, <laughs> and at the same time, managing to have loads and loads of interesting music ideas but they're all off the top of everybody's head and they don't gel together but the ideas are often very, uh, you know, very clever ways of looking at melody and rhythm and things like that. But you know, for your casual listener it sounds fucking dreadful. Um, So... (laughs)
0: Okay, excellent. Uh, yeah, I'm going to um, add uh, Lall Watterson um, to the playlist with Some Old Salty. Uh, this is a beautiful kind of vocal piece that is is kind of almost like Yorkshire folk. And uh, it's all about her family who used to party with Some Old Salty in the waterfront p- waterfront pubs of Hull. So it's, a, again, another song from Yorkshire about Yorkshire. Is so it? yeah, it's a, it's a beautiful song, very different from the other songs we've, we've had so far on the playlist which have been quite guitar, guitar band focused this is a nice vocal piece uh, vocal, vocal folk
3: piece um, I'm
0: also going to go for The Cribs with Mirror Kisses uh, The Cribs came through uh, as one of those kind of, what would you call it, pop punk bands um, that yeah, you know yeah. were, were doing particularly well, I think in the noughties and they were gigging around Leeds and they were particularly distressed by the number of people who uh, loved themselves, the number of poses they saw out and about in Leeds so they created this song called "Mirror Kisses" uh, so yeah, about the about the poses in the, lead, uh, in the Leeds nightclubs. So I thought I was a, a suitable um, slant to put on the uh, the Yorkshire playlist. So, uh, so let's let's uh, listen to that one. Yeah. And finally, I'm going to put a song that uh, my late teenage years uh, kind of revolved around, which was uh, The Music, one of the worst band names in history. The Music was the uh, the name of the band uh, from, from Yorkshire. And uh, they um, had a song. Well, they had a fantastic first album, um, which uh, included a song called The People, which uh, used to get played in the indie club that I used to go to in Newcastle quite a lot. And I used to absolutely love it. Um, and yeah, me. It just reminds me of my, my late teenage years. Just just uh, get really getting into this kind of indie um, rock, indie kind of. Uh, so it's a listening back. It hasn't quite stood the test of time as much, but it, uh, at the time, I absolutely loved this stuff. So so the people by the music...
2: Yeah, it's a very, uh, very kind of um, Yorkshire approach to being in a band, that's kind of like, you know, real pragmatism, don't waste any time thinking about band names, we're, we play music, so we're called The Music, let's get on with the job at hand. Let's crack you on know? with it, yeah. That is why they ended up with more gold medals than Australia in the 2012 Olympics. <laughs> not the band not the music yeah, the... I was about to say I didn't know that's fact <laughs> you know, I didn't know that I I didn't know the, the, the county of Yorkshire
0: cool excellent well there we go so that's our um, that's our playlist uh, and yeah it's, I mean it's great Yorkshire's well known for its music isn't it so it's a great little exploration and nice to pick out some perhaps slightly more unusual gems from, from Yorkshire there But yeah, so that's probably about it for today. We'll be back with a final, final episode of the series uh, as soon as we can. Sorry it's been so long to get this episode out. Uh, but when we, when we come back, we'll be doing the last episode of the series and um, we'll have the usual bells and whistles and fireworks to, uh, to accompany it. Uh, but in the meantime, make sure you follow us on Twitter, at This Is Dram and Instagram, same, uh, same handle. And uh, go to our website, this is dot dra- com, and you'll be able to listen to the full Yorkshire playlist on our um, blog for this episode as well, as well as see our other blogs, including that Teeling blog we talked about before, and um, and all of our, our other podcasts on that team. But we're gonna we're gonna call it a day now with one of Andy's famous, always brilliant, never at all made up on the spot outros for this episode. So take it away, Andy.
2: Well, I'm in, I'm in I'm in real trouble this time because. I thought halfway through the podcast, number 947 is the bottle that we're drinking. So I thought, oh, well, let's check what happened in the year 947 AD and see if there's any, you know, kind of interesting little facts from history. What that happened to turn out to be was slap bang in the middle of the Dark Ages where nobody wrote (laughs) anything down. Um, So all I've got is that the um, small town of Horsham in East Sussex was recorded as having been formed in the year 947, <laughs> and a load of Chinese warlords died. That is literally it. So, <laughs> so I'm a bit I'm a bit fucked with that uh, avenue has has really not worked out for me. Um, so, you know, I don't know. I mean, well, t-
0: I t- I think that's that's t- compared to your other outros, that's quite an epic. Outro to say that that you I mean, know, how, many, you how say, many Chinese like, warlords?
2: You know, just some, you know. So not as even say, a, nobody not even wrote anything number. down. Like they, literally, <laughs> this was a load of people wandering about, about like fucking scared of clouds and stuff. Going, oh, we better not write anything down. That might piss someone off in a thousand years' time. Um, recording a podcast or whatever. Uh, oh well. So, well, we'll leave it yeah. on
0: that high note then. We'll leave the listeners googling the Dark Ages. And uh, we'll we'll see you guys. Uh, it's fucking also. typical of history to let me down at times <laughs> like this, isn't it? But. If you could see the sheer anger on Andy's face right now, anyway. he's. he's He's more angry than the uh, the moment that the that I that we we found out that Abelara Buna had, had uh, price had gone up to eighty pounds from the, the usual fifty pounds. That's that's the kind of level of rage we're talking about here. Yeah, I
2: mean, I'd rather not do that. But, um, <laughs> let's not let's let's not drag all that up again. Like...
0: <laughs> <laughs> okay, well, before we get stuck into a rant about the Abelara Buna, let's uh, call it a day and we'll see you guys in the next podcast. Okay, see you, see you
3: later. later.
5: Bye. bye.